Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to November. I mean, back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive for these last two months of 2020. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. It is November, y'all. November. Excited. It's so pretty outside, too. We, all the leaves are changing. Mm-hmm. It's hot chocolate season. That pesky Halloween stuff out of the way now. How were your Halloweens, y'all? Halloween was awesome at the Colburn house. We had a candy shoot for a responsible socially distanced Halloween treat giving experience. So much nice. fun. I think we might just keep doing it every year because Jude had so much fun shoving candy down that tube. And my dad came over and did the candy distribution while we went walked around with the kids and trick-or-treated in our neighborhood. And my dad... <laughs> was putting it down there and he gets real excited when he gets to try new things like that, which is a part of his retirement personality, which is really nice. And so he would put him down there and then Jude got done trick-or-treating. So he helped him and Jude would stand up on the ladder and put candy down. And dad would say, fire in the hole, fire in the hole. And it would send it down. And (laughs) Jude turned to my dad at a certain point after a while. And he goes, I don't want to fire in the hole again. I'm tired. (laughs) So he gets some water. <laughs> My dad got a big kick out of that, but it was fun. That's hilarious. I it did was kind of low-key fun. Sh- it was nice. I saw a candy shoot that was like from a second story window that went all the that way down. Awesome. That was yeah. epic. That is epic. We put up signs and told kids we were not participating in the Halloweens this year mm-hmm. um, out of an abundance of caution for COVID. Mm-hmm. We did have some kids screaming in excitement when they saw our yard signs. They were so excited about our political yard signs, which we have taken down already out of fear of the craziness tomorrow on election day. But mm-hmm. we made Ellie's Halloween as cool as we could on Friday night. We got her a new nugget couch, which is like a couch built for fort, like made for building forts. And she came out. We, we Christine and I tag team bath time and pajamas so we could be a part of getting it ready. She came out and there was a little uh, little candle in there to look like a fire. And she had some pop, her little popcorn in there and it looked like a monster. And then um, we watched Halloween shows and she went to bed and woke up the next day. And the whole day was just all day Christmas or Halloween stuff. And we confused our holidays quite a bit. We did a Halloween Easter egg hunt and we baked <laughs> Halloween sugar cookies <laughs> and then she put on her costume and we did um, a clue book. She was Nancy Drew and we did a clue book and there were like 35 uh, clues. She's really into rhyming. So we made all of them rhyme where she could go find her treat bags. Aww. And 
so so we did that and then she went to different doors in our house and christine's parents came over and we had my mom my sister and my and uh, uh our nephew in different rooms so she would knock on the door they would tell her to come in and let her get candy and ellie told us at the end of the night it was the best Halloween ever, and she's glad she didn't get to go trick or treating. So oh, I felt like we won. That's, that's a awesome. It's a total that's win. I do have to, win. We could. We have. We have one of those. You know, the Fisher Price uh, basketball goals for kids in our backyard, mm-hmm. and I had rigged up so that when she made a basket, the whole thing would fall over, and there was candy. Like her treat was behind that. So um, this. <laughs> This is how bad we are with sports ball in my house. We had the basketball goal. Couldn't find her basketball, but one of the neighbor kids had thrown a baseball, I guess, over, like, I don't know which house it came from, but there's been a baseball in our backyard for a while. So I got that one. Ellie picked it up, and she's like, look at me. I'm so good at soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing the baseball and the basketball hoop, talking about being good at soccer. Oh, I love it. My rigging worked, so when the basket was made, it fell over, and there was her hidden treat. So that was a, nice. that was a mini Rube Goldberg nerd dad moment. I would like to say I thank you it. for that gift to me, Tom, because I will be taking my rigging words out of context when I edit. So if you beat me in, in Todd's melee, I had to play in every episode going forward. What did I say? My rigging worked. Oh. <laughs> uh, you mean when I win? When I win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every so what you're saying is basically when we start alternating episodes, every episode will say my rigging worked, and the next one will say I'm such a loser. <laughs> we just have to wait for Julia to slip up and say something that can be taken out of context now. Yeah, but I don't think either of us are motivated enough to do that. To her. No, we're not. Why not? Why not? Well, I mean, it depends how she votes in this melee coming up. Oh, I see. <laughs> a thinly veiled threat. No, 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 no threat, Julia. No threat at all. No threat at all. Just uh, keep an eye out on the mail. You have some lovely things coming in the mail. <laughs> What'd you do, Anthony? Mm, oh, sorry. It was uneventful. My Halloween was uneventful. Because, you know, we don't have kids, so there weren't a lot of trick-or-treaters out around here. So we spent the day watching Halloween movies and decorating for Christmas as we were doing so. So it was a nice little Nightmare Before Christmas contrast there. <laughs> what movies great. did you watch? Uh, both Adam's Family movies, Casper, mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus. I didn't have a That's single a Adam's day. Family viewing this season. I love the second one Same. so much with the Thanksgiving pageant. Yep. <laughs> um, little Christina Ricci culturally appropriating Native Americans. Uh, I haven't my seen God, the Christina car- Ricci the is one. amazing. The cartoon one is awful. I was so disappointed. The new one? I didn't like it. It's getting a sequel, it looks but awful. I didn't like it. You know what else is mm-hmm. awful? I have to rant at HBO Max. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't done with my story, but okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Tom, you go. No, please, Anthony, after you. I was just. We both have it. We both have. Let's get this out of the way so you can devote all of your attention to your HBO rant as well. I was just going to ask both of y'all. So, the day before Halloween, did either of y'all catch that charity event for New York City uh, reform or whatever that Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Aunt Kathy and Jimmy did as the Sanderson sisters? Did y'all catch that? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. You watched the whole thing? I did watch no. the whole thing. 
I didn't see I the whole I thought it was hilarious how it ended with her knocking on Mariah Carey's door, trick-or-treating. Yeah, like <laughs> and Mariah Carey's like, Halloween's over, it's my time now. And she slams the door and all I want for Christmas <laughs> is you, please. Over <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of that, Julie? I mean, it was out there. But it was so good seeing the three of them in costume again. It was. Yeah, it was. And it would have been so much better if you could tell that they weren't all separate when it happened. Yeah. You know, but I will take what I can if, get. I mean, if we could all be in the room where it happens. Right. Exactly. Uh, Bette Midler looked exactly the same she in the outfit. And she sounds the same too, which I really yeah. love. You could tell she moved a little slower when they sung I Put a Spell on You, but they were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. I thought John Stamos's cameo as a devil was hilarious. Where Winifred <laughs> was just like drooling over him completely when he showed up. That was so funny. It was such a. And I get, again, I think it was because of COVID restrictions, like everyone was separate. The CGI was bad. The green screen was bad because of that. Mm -hmm. But like, it looked like, and I guess the money, because it was charity and they didn't have a budget, but like, even when she shot lightning out of her hands, it looked like a first year editing student with like Photoshop or something. But I put that up too as a charity (laughs) thing, right? Yeah, it was great. Made me excited to see the three of them again in a sequel. Uh, Yeah. I'll watch okay. it. I, I just found it funny watching that special as well. Like, because Sarah Jessica Parker has gone on to, you know, Sex of the City fame and everything. It was so good. It was so funny seeing her revert back to like a child and bouncing around yeah. that blue screen. Yeah. Yeah. It was so different. It was great. <laughs> it was, yeah. Have y'all watched Last Man on Earth? Matt LeBlanc I... show? Mm-mm. Last Man on Earth. I mean, not Last Man on Earth. Uh, Man with a Plan. I've seen one or two episodes. I was about to say, Last Man on Earth is fantastic. I have not seen Man with a Plan. No, Last Man on Earth got re- got redundant and beat a dead horse. That se- that first season was a perfect season. Of I season. agree with you 100%. But then it just started getting to be too much. But anyway, and there was an episode of, of Man with a Plan where he and his, where um, Matt LeBlanc and his wife are arguing. And he's like, then she made me go upstairs and watch Sex in the City. I have never gone that long without laughing in my life, and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> but I have to rant about what HBO Max did, and I don't know how they got the PG rating, but they redid Roald Dahl's The Witches. That movie you remember was, the original? Yeah. That movie was you remember, awful. But you remember the old one with Angelica Houston that was put on by Jim Henson. They did all it, of the... That one was incredible. I love that movie. Yes. That movie was amazing. Then they did the new one um, and they had to make it so gory and intense. Like everything listed when it came out said it was a family movie. The way their mouths opened up and all of that stuff and their talents. I, I can see how that would Ellie, scare... Ellie. Ellie had her has never had a nightmare. Three nights in a row, she woke up shaking in tears from that movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Girl. I could see so, how that would scare her, but like since I, then, I for an adult, it was a cool it was a cool way to portray the witches. I will give you. You that. liked that movie? I no, it was the so witch. Over no, the I thought. Corny. I thought. I no, no. I said the witches themselves, like with the talons. That was creepy. I didn't find it creepier than how Angelica Houston looked about that face mask. Okay, but Angelica Houston. That looked movie so... gave me nightmares. That one Ellie was fine with. Ellie was fine with that. She was Ellie? fine with Hocus Pocus. But oh, like the uh, the reviews since on 
all the parent reviews and parent guides on the new version of the witches all talk about how their kids have horrible nightmares after watching it. Can I ask you what accent was Anne Hathaway trying to do? She was so I, over the top in that movie. I think she was trying to go for a vampire Transylvania accent. I don't know though. That movie. I don't know. Made me want world? to watch the original right after because that movie was awful. I was so disappointed. We did watch the original right movie. after. I was too. I was really excited about it. Yep, me too. I thought they had an amazing the... cast, and I was like, ugh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, yeah. I did like some of the liberties they took with the story, like the additional, like his mouse being a kid as well, and. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like that they got rid of the creepy beginning with the painting from the original where the girl gets stuck yep, in the painting. Where the girl gets stuck in the painting. That was the yep. scariest part, one of the scariest parts of the original for me. So they have that stupid chicken opening. Which was just, I mean, it was, I don't dumb. know if it was supposed to be funny or not, but it wasn't. So dumb. Dumb, dumb. dumb. So dumb. So dumb. So let me tell you about HBO Max. Let me go on my little HBO Max rant, Tom, because I have problems with them too. Tuesday, last Tuesday, I get an email saying your your subscription has been uh, your account settings have been changed. If you didn't request this, send us an email. So I go in. My email is no, no longer associated with them. My password, but my card is still being billed. So I called HBO Max and it's like somebody clearly gone to my account. They're like, oh, well, we can't see this email was registered to an account. I was like, I have my credit card is getting billed still. Here's my bank statement. And they're like, oh, we can't find this information. We'll get back to you. Over a week later, they're still not back to me. And I'm still locked out of HBO. And my card is still associated with whoever took my account. And You're welcome. I got you good. Was that really you? No. <laughs> Did you see that look of sheer horror on his face? <laughs> I've got to say, man, he's really escalating the trolling wars. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have used MAGA 2020 exclamation mark. It's your password. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of that, can I just say... I don't I understand. Thought... How, how do companies do that? How can they not tell... What a, what email address is associated with an account? Especially a company as big as HBO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I just say, by the way, because you said back in 2020, I saw the, per we are recording this the day before election day. And I saw the perfect tweet online that said, it feels like the opposite of Christmas Eve. Oh my, <laughs> my gosh, I saw that. It does. It really it does. does. There's just so many yeah. nerves about tomorrow. Yep. Have you all been watching Hallmark? Yeah, I've been watching some Hallmark. I watched Christmas with the Cranks last night. It was on Freeform. Was it? Yeah. I've been watching nothing but Hallmark. I think my cold, cold heart has melted. But I, uh, I got this. I saw your mug. I got this book, uh, Hallmark Channel Countdown to Christmas. I have a very movie holiday, and it's about the making of all their movies and how their decisions when picking locations and how to decorate and you know deciding which actors and actresses are best for each movie. But there is a bunch of Hallmark movie trivia in the back. So I think one night we may need a Patreon episode where I play Quizmaster. We get a few listeners and y'all to go on and do a trivia event. Is that an extraordinarily not... short book? One page devoted to plot, one page devoted to potential actors. Well, well, they also have like Hallmark actors, like family <laughs> recipes and stories and stuff in there. 
It, it did make me laugh, laugh a bit on casting the perfect female lady, the perfect female lead for each film. And they were talking about how we want each movie to have a strong female lead. And I'm like, mm, failed, failed, failed. Oh boy. So Julia, before we like move on into the movie and everything, can you read this amazing comment we got on social media that you told me if it doesn't melt my heart, nothing will. It's true. It's true. So this week we heard from Rebecca Bowl, a friend of ours. If you're on Patreon, you've actually heard her voice. Um, you've heard her voice in some of our recordings as well. She has one of my favorite sweet Tis the Podcast stories in the first place regarding her sweet little baby. Um, but she left an extra sweet comment this week as well. So she says, so I'm sitting with TTP baby, Tis the Podcast baby this morning and he asked if Santa could bring him some new books. I told him we could write a list and post it. He also asked for a farm and a princess dress. He looked at me blankly and said, no mama, we ask him on the computer. At first I thought, ah, stupid technology and insisted we'll write a letter. Later, he points to a picture of Anthony Caruso and I on our wall and says, we call Santa. When I recorded with Anthony and Julia, Anthony had a festive fireside background. So in his little head, our very own elf has now been promoted. Anthony's Santa Claus. I think we just saw Anthony's head grow two sizes. <laughs> uh, I'm both very happy with this comment. It makes my heart swell. But it also kind of makes me sad that I have gained so much weight that I can oh, stop getting for Santa. Oh, <laughs> Anthony. Um, there is one more thing I also want to bring up before we get into the movie tonight. Did y'all see who was cast as Scrooge for a theatrical <gasps> adaptation of A Christmas Carol? Yes. Movie? Yes, please. And thank you, Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. <gasps> He's going to be an amazing what? Scrooge. I am all about that right there. All That's about it. That's crazy. Oh, he like they showed a, a picture of him in costume too with the top hat and the coat. Yeah. He looks awesome, and he yeah. kept his beard too. So Scrooge with the beard—that's different. He has to keep the beard. Has to. He looks too baby-faced without it. Yeah. Yes, he does. He does. He will never. He can never go without facial hair, ever again. Ever. We um, and of course we got comments from our lady listeners saying, "Is Scrooge supposed to be hot or sexy?" <laughs> Which is funny to me because. We have we usually don't get a younger Scrooge who is pretty good looking. Well, we sort of talked about that with Guy Pierce a bit, right? When we cover that version, is I thought he was handsome. Yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, I'm excited for that though, and I'm glad they're going to be streaming it online. Well, I'm excited for it because it gives theater actors work, which they made a point of saying in the article during COVID nineteen. A lot of them are struggling, so this is giving a bunch of theater people work because it's yeah. a stage production. And two, yeah. I'm glad it's going to be available online for everyone. I think we may have to do a special Patreon or something closer to when this happens. Or a just lot of give love it as for a Christmas carols. Or give it everybody. as a gift. Yeah, maybe. But just do a bonus, bonus episode as a love to say we love our listeners because even the ones who can't, for whatever reason, be patrons, they're freaking awesome and supportive. And they deserve sure. a little Christmas love too. Absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of... As y'all know, our advent starts earlier than yours. So we're like, when this drops, our advent is less than a week away. And we got two things to help us with our family planning. Chronicle Books has this awesome advent book. Let me see what it's called while I'm thinking about it. Because I can't recommend it enough. Chronicle Books does great work anyway. Um, 
It is called Christmas is Coming, an Advent book. It has all sorts of fun activities and things for you to do with your family, crafts and stuff for every day. It's amazing. So um, that one starts on the traditional kickoff to Advent. So if you're Western listener you can get that in time for december 1st still it is awesome and i cannot 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 give it enough good reviews and then we just bought tonight a thing from perusa press a um it's an orthodox advent planner it's got activities and helps you plan your entire nativity season including like helps you with organizing your gift getting your holiday menus all the things it's pretty rad nice that's awesome that is awesome and it's only fifteen dollars for a, a thirty-page planner for the, all the holidays. Dude, I really like that. <laughs> I like it a lot more than I like this movie. Can I just say, by the way, I knew when I was watching this, and our listeners did too, where the three of us would fall. I mean, it was just. Uh, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. it. We'll get into it. Tonight we are covering the twenty twenty Netflix original movie Holiday. It's not 2020 Netflix original because Netflix just picked it up and branded it with the original. This was meant for theatrical release. Just it was okay. It was meant for theatrical release, but it is now a Netflix owned entity. Yes, I hate Um, when Netflix brands itself like that. Anyway, well, I think uh, I don't think it would have done that great in the theaters anyway. So, Mm -hmm. um, let's jump in. Quick plot synopsis for you all. Set up with being single on ho- on the holidays, two strangers agree to be each other's platonic plus ones all year long, only to catch real feelings along the way. It sounds yep. so original. It does. It does. This movie <laughs> stars Emma Roberts, as you all know, is the niece of Julia Roberts. Who does the same bout mouth biting thing on every movie poster she's in. That was an excellent call by whoever made that call. I think it was President Hot Dog. Made me laugh. She has been in movie. She started her acting career back in 2001. Her big break, the thing I know her from first, is the 2007 Nancy Drew movie, which she is awesome in and is an amazing movie. She was the voice of Wilma in The Flight Before Christmas, the English version, a film we have not covered yet. In the movie Valentine's Day, Memoirs of a Teen, Amnesiac. She was in We Are the Millers. She did have a single role on Family Guy, as everybody else in Hollywood seems to. She was in the <laughs> Scream Queens series with a recurring role. She was Ugly in the Dolls Scream movie. series. Scream yeah, Queens. Back in 2011. Scream Queens and Scream. She was in Scream Oh, 4. Scream. Yeah, Scream 4. She was. You're right. And then she was on American Horror Story for several years, which is, I think, probably where most people know her from. So my favorite Emma Roberts is Scream 4 and American Horror Story Coven, which is the best season of that show. And she played the perfect uh, witch with a B in that season. My favorite is Nancy Drew. It's an awesome movie, y'all. I don't. don't How about you, Julia? I haven't had that much exposure to her, so um, I don't really have a favorite. I need to watch Nancy Drew. Tom, I have a question for you, because I know you're not a fan of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, are you? Did you know no. Emma Roberts was a runner-up for the role? Do you think she would have been more to your liking? Maybe. Maybe. I just have felt for years that Harley Quinn has built up too much. I mean, she was there's supposed a, to be a one-off a, character. She was, and the, but and I think she would have been better off that way. 
But I love Harley. Then we have an Aussie joining in, Luke Bracy, playing our male non-love platonic non playing our platonic male character. He has done a lot of things as well and is not terribly memorable or done big things to me. He was in G.I. Joe Retaliation, the 2015 remake of Point Break. And that's he was in the, from. He was in the excellent Hulu adaptation of Little Fires Everywhere, which is a great book, great show. He was Jamie Kaplan. And people will also know him okay. from Home and Away, which is a very famous Aussie soap opera, which he had a recurring role in. So our foreign listeners would probably know him from that. And the Little Fires Everywhere audiobook is amazing. If y'all are into, if listeners are into audiobooks. It. I don't know. It's a, the, the woman's got a nice voice, though. Nice. We have Broken Arrow, Oklahoma native Kristen Chenoweth, who we've covered before, playing the aunt in this role. The aunt that one aunt Susan. May, may describe as thirsty throughout the film. The least bearable character in this film for me. Absolutely. I mean, she's not. She's not that dissimilar from her character in um, what's that dumb Danny DeVito movie I hated? Oh, Deck the Halls. Deck the Deck Halls. The halls. <laughs> Which the same guy wrote this or directed this film. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> she was also she was in the new version of the witches as well. She really? was. Was she a witch? A mouse. A mouse. Oh, she was the she was his pet mouse that was really a, a kid. Okay. All right. Frances Fisher plays the mom Elaine, who I did rather enjoy. She was <laughs> one too. of the characters. She was one of the only characters that made me laugh in this film. It know. reminds me of are we Spanglish fans? Adam Sandler. One of us is. Did you even like Spanglish? I, I thought you sort of like didn't mind it as much because it's not your standard Adam Sandler. I, I don't mind it as much, yes. Okay. It's like the one part where Taya Leone, after she has finally been found out for cheating on her husband, when she's talking to her mom, Cloris Leachman, and Cloris Leachman says, honey, sometimes low self-esteem is just good common sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her, his, her acting career goes back to the 1970s. She was in shows early on, like uh, she had one-off roles and things like Guiding Light, Newhart, Matlock, uh, which they should really remake Madlock, I think. And did a lot of smaller characters. She yeah. was in striptease. And, uh, gross. <laughs> did I ever tell you my striptease story? Which no, that sounded awkward. but I love the way but... this is starting. <laughs> Can I tell you? Hold on. <laughs> So I'm with my grandma, bless her heart. She's 84 years old and starts telling us about how she used to work the pole. Oh Lord. <laughs> Talk about being working for elections. And I'm like, grandma, you gotta, you gotta rework how you're telling that story. Work that pole, that grandma. <laughs> yeah. So, so my, strip ahead, piece, my strip tease story. I was, so I, I was mature for my age when I was younger. Hope to believe I know. So my parents let me watch rated R movies quite young because they knew I could handle it. Just like I wouldn't be affected by the violence or like anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I remember back when malls were big and FYE still existed. I went there. My mother was walking the mall. My dad was just in FYE browsing. So I was in FYE. They said I could buy a movie. So of course I go to like the rated R section. <laughs> and little preteen Anthony or young teen Anthony is going to the movies and thought. <laughs> 
<laughs> finds a striptease DVD with uh, Demi Moore on the cover, like butt naked, <laughs> like just like covering her out herself up, like deliberately, you know. So of course I'm like, hmm. So because I'm too embarrassed to bring it to my father, I wait till he's talking to a store employee. So I wouldn't have to go talk to him alone to bring the movie up. And I'm like, mom said I could get rated our movie and just shove it in, the, in their hands in the store. Oh my gosh. They up. didn't notice? They didn't no, notice? They did. They did. I, they, I, they just, yeah. Oh gosh. She was on the TV show I liked a lot, Resurrection. Do y'all remember that one? I used to really like that uh-uh. show. I like that show a lot. She played the mom of the little boy uh, who came back. She was in 2019's Watchmen. To much she was. She was in the, the, the series in a TV Watchmen. series I, I liked a lot, The Killing, in 2014. Oh, I love the that shot around here. That shot at my friend's house, Julia. Around really? here, that's yep. such a good show. It's one of my favorites. And then she was had smaller roles in big movies like Titanic, Unforgiven. She was a mom Lincoln in Titanic, Lawyer. right? Yeah, and another yep. like kind of unbearable mother in Titanic. Oh, she was so mm-hmm. unbearable in this. She suits it. Uh, she was in the character. Stephanie Meyer film, The Host. They made a movie out of that? Yeah, they did. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> that pretty much I sums guess. up what people think of that book and movie. Well, Stephanie Meyer had another book and movie. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Playing the sister, the married older sister with her, who seemingly has her life together in this, is Jessica Capshaw. Jessica I Capshaw. love Jessica Capshaw. What do you love her uh, from originally? I don't know. I just like her. Grey's look. Anatomy. I just like her. Minority look. Report. Very pretty. I mean, she she was on Grey's Anatomy for a really long time. That's how I know her. She was on Grey's Anatomy. She was on the movie. She was in the movie or on the show Odd Man Out. She was in the movie Minority Report. As I said, she was on The Practice, The L Word, and uh, that's kind of. I liked her in this in this film though until mm-hmm. you know I yeah. didn't. Until I loved her in this film. Farouk, the doctor that is that mom wants to be a love interest, is played by uh, Manish Dayal. He was in Switched at Birth TV show as Scuba. He had some other small break, small roles on things like Law and Order SVU. He was on Halt and Catch Fire, Agents of Shield, the Fast and Furious Spy Racers, vo- a voice on that show, and on the TV show The Resident. Do you remember the show Outsourced? He guest starred on that. I really liked that show on NBC. That show was really good. Yeah, that was like another Office Parks and Rec type Brooklyn Nine Nine show with the the way it was shot. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, he was also in the movie The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I really liked. I wish that got a sequel. That's a Nick Cage movie. I actually really that was a good Nick Cage movie. Yeah, it was. Alex Moffat plays our brother-in-law. Alex Moffat, the SNL alum. Big fan. I liked him a lot on SNL, and that's where most of his credits come from. But he was also a voice in Ralph Breaks the Internet. He was in the TV show or the um, Audible audio comedy, The 64th Man, as well as Heads Will Roll. And he's got a, a recurring role on F is for family. There's one more person you should cover. You want to talk about the brother or? No, no, no. I want to talk about Black Best Friend, Andrew Bachelor as Neil. You just want to talk about Andrew Black Bachelor? Panther? As yes, Black, Black Panther. Panther. <laughs> well, I love that part. It's my own interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can talk about um, 
Andrew Bachelor. What did you like? What do you want to talk about, Andrew Bachelor from Anthony? Where we are, Andrew. I Bachelor just want to mention and- that Andrew Bachelor, better known as King Bach, uh, was in this film as Neil, our male protagonist's best friend. Yeah, he was in the TV series Fail. He was in House of Lies. He had a recurring role on the Mindy Project, which is where I recognize him from. I love that show. He was in The Walking Dead. Advisors. He was. He was in Black Jesus, which is a TV show I've never heard of until just now. I only think of the TV show Blackish when I hear that. He was in King Bachelor's Pad, Sneakerheads. He was in the Netflix's original horror comedy film, The Babysitter, which is actually oh, pretty gosh. freaking good. I liked that movie. All right. And we overlooked the director and writer at the beginning. The writer of this film is Tiffany Polson. And Tiffany Polson was a writer on the original Nancy Drew movie I talked about that I like so much from 2007, not the original, but the one from 2007. She was the writer of Turkey Drop, a the new TV movie, Adventures in Babysitting, which I didn't watch, but I remember loving the original as a kid. I, I loved, it. loved the original. Any kid of the 80s or even early 90s loved or, that. Or Anthony. How, when was the, or Anthony. When was the last time y'all saw that movie, the original? Uh, it's been a minute. I watched 15, it a lot as a kid. Years. The friend in that movie, like, not the kids she's babysitting, the boy she's babysitting, his best friend, looks exactly like young Rupert Grant. He looks exactly like Ron Weasley. Really? If you, if you yeah. But I love that movie. Elizabeth Shue had such a crush on her growing up. And then we have John Whitesell is the director. He went back to the John Laura Cat show, directed that, was did some episodes of Another World, Raising Miranda, Coach, Doctor Doctor. He was on did some work for Roseanne, Blossom, The Martin Show, Damon, The Cosby Show, or just Cosby, sorry. He did Deck the Halls, as we said. He did some episodes of Rodney from based in Bixby, Oklahoma. Did Rodney. The big, big Mama's House, Hot in Cleveland, Girl Meets World, Chicago PD. I mean, the guy does a lot, and uh, it's really a mixed bag. So can we start with our overall thoughts before we get into the plot, since we probably all have the same history? Yeah. I don't think any of us can have a history in a movie that came out, what, four days ago? Uh, I knew this movie was coming out, and I saw the trailer. You sound like the Muppet. You sound like, is her name Janice with the hair that the eagle likes so much? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He sounded just like her. Oh, it was so great. (laughs) No, but I did see the trailer. I knew this was supposed to be a theatrical release. I was excited for it, because I I really like Emma Roberts. She's a hottie McTottie. Which is my mm. version of Julia's cutie McCute face. And, and I really like her. Uh, we watched this last night with the in the glow of our Christmas lights and tree and everything. And it was not what I was expecting. The minute it started out, I was like, oh, Julia and Tom are not gonna like this movie. But I I loved this movie. And I'll tell you, oh. I'll, I'll I'll give you an overview of why real quick before we get into it, because a lot of my defense will be the same thing. So we've talked before about how the holidays are hard on people, you know, and in Charlie Brown, especially like there's that melancholy feeling. This movie embodied it, embodied it for me. Like this, 
was so real to me in terms of what like love and heartbreak and stuff and dating looked like in a big city. Like, and I can only speak for like New York and the tri-state area and when I lived in England, but I assume it's given that this takes place in Chicago. It's probably the same in places like Chicago and DC and Boston and LA and everything like big city areas. But like the whole professional individual who see all their family and friends settling down. So they decide to give up on love and quotes because it just hurts them. So they just enter mindless casual relationships, which always, you know, you can't, people do it, but something always develops between somebody in those relationships. And that's just so real to me. And I, I've done it. Friends have done it. Like I, most people I know in, in real life, and I say in real life, cause you guys are in real life, but I don't know you personally. Most people in my real life in person have done it at least once in their life. And as for the holiday concept, I don't know if this term existed before the movie, but I know people have experienced that too. I've experienced that. I was somebody's holiday for holidays in England. So this movie, mm-hmm. again, just felt every single aspect of it like felt real to me especially sloan and um jackson's really relationship friendship and then eventual relationship like starting out as using one another then slowly becoming friends and then getting jealous when they became friends with benefits when like they find out oh they're still seeing other people and eventually falling in love and that progression i you know again is real to me and uh I always think the best relationships in movies and real life and TV shows are the ones where you start out that are rooted in friendship first mm-hmm. before, you know, and taking time to develop before turning into like love or so. Yeah. The only thing that didn't work in this film for me was Aunt Susan. Like she was too over the top for me, but uh, yeah. So I'm definitely, I loved it. I'm definitely adding it to my holiday canon. I purposely said holiday canon, not Christmas canon. Right. Which which we'll get into later because I, you know, it's not a Christmas movie, but it's not, not a Christmas movie. So we'll talk about that later. So yeah, that's my overall thoughts of this film. Go on, Tom, Mr. Psy. I'm just not looking forward to tonight anymore. The writing was lackluster. The acting from people I typically like just didn't really do it for me. The plot was thin and weak. Um, it was a shallow story, shallow characters, shallow everything. But not all of us need, you know, any sort of intellectual stimulation when we watch films to enjoy them. You know Some what? I'm gonna are... ca- I'm gonna counter that and say not all of us need the same saccharine, sweet crap of Christmas film and don't necessarily experience that type of feeling around the holiday. And this is a nice alternative for those people who think that Hallmark stuff is too sickly sweet and who can relate more to something like this. At what point on this show have you ever heard me sing the praises of Hallmark? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, okay, I, Hallmark was an example, but people find, like, Love Actually too sweet, for example. I also remember raising criticisms of young of Love Actually and not taking it with, with any sort of blind... Well, blind anything. Julia, what'd you think? Okay. So I (laughs) liked this movie the more it went on. Uh, The beginning was a little rough for me. I I didn't really feel sorry for Emma Roberts's character, right? Like I I couldn't connect with her or any of that um, because the whole dating in the city experience never had that, right? Can't resonate with that. But 
Um, I really liked what Anthony said, the growth between just these two people who really didn't like each other. And it was just a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours to a development of the relationship. I thought they had chemistry. Um, they were fun to watch. I will say, and I know Anthony's already called it, there's a level of vulgarity in this movie that makes it not as rewatchable for me. Like I would have watched this with my older kids, but like probably not. Like it's not just the f bombs. There's a fair amount of them. But just, like uh, the, the opening, the opening scene at the at his at his date's house and the conversation that he has with her parents, or, or the, that his date has with right. her parents in the room. Right. I, lo- I love that, that level. Which that's not a surprise. Not believable. Anybody. That's <laughs> no. That's not I- a surprise to anybody. But I will say, um, Marty, I was like 20, 30 minutes from the end. And he can always tell when I'm kind of invested in a movie, right? Because like I'll tune everything out instead of just watching it in the background. And he uh, he's like, is the movie good? And I'm like, it's pretty filthy, but like, I'm not hating it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. Um, can I say so- Kendall nailed us spot on. She When she posted the other day, yeah, she said- she did. I bet Anthony will love it. Julie will fall somewhere in between. She'll think it's too vulgar, but think there are enough sweet moments where she'll have kind of enjoyed it. And Tom won't like it yep. at all. And she nailed yeah. it. Good job. She Kendall. nailed it. <laughs> so, yeah. So the sweet moments, I really, the sweet moments were very sweet. Um, and it, it, it does fall in the spectrum of Hallmark movies to me, but that feel a little more realistic. I don't think, I don't think anything that happened would actually happen in real life. So it still has that air of fantasy that most Hallmark does, but it feels like baseline more realistic, right? What There's I no feel like what I feel like is they were they made a Hallmark movie and thought, oh crap, this is a Hallmark movie. Let's throw in some vulgarity. Let's make this raunchy. It, it, it is raunchy. It didn't even make sense. And I'm sorry, that that scene, the opening scene where he's with his or like the early on scene where he's with this girl, he's only known for three days. She takes him home to meet her parents. Mom comes in a room and basically says, "Hey, why don't y'all just just hook up in this room? Yeah, go ahead, take my daughter." Not buying that. There, there are parents like the, that who exist. The ones who are like try to be the cool parents and more of a friend than a parent. I get that, but not at this age. Not where they're going to just come in onto their thirty-year-old daughter's room, basically be like. I don't and, know. That was not, I, that was not say, believable. And then the daughter's I, conversation with him between her parents. No, that does not happen. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you that this movie was vulgar and raunchy, but I will say like from experience dating in a large city, can it be vulgar and raunchy? Sure. I it, just mean all things combined. This would never happen to a single person. Right. No, I get, I get, year. I get what you're saying. So it has but... that air of like, come, oh, like yeah, Hallmark that... movies. You're like, you just met a guy on the side of the road, and like, really, and he no, was yeah. that attractive, and no, a hundred percent. Like over the span yeah. of a year, to one person would never happen. But I think if you right. took all these incidents individually, like I said, I keep going back to the word. It was yeah. real to me, and I think no, it's a not geo- real. Nobody hangs difference. Malls are not a thing anymore. This is a 90s attempt at comedy. Nobody goes to malls and hangs out at malls the way they're showing here. They were literally only there the day after Christmas returning stuff. That's how they met. 
but well, she taught, no day. then she goes back at valentine's day and he's there and then so she goes back the next one stores and the next only, christmas only ever crowned the next yes. christmas. but she talks about how he's always at the mall i'm sorry we don't base movies around the mall malls around the country are closing in droves because people don't go to malls that felt nostalgic to me and kind of made me happy honestly whether it's realistic or not for us but in it the still Midwest felt where like our malls are closing. Look at how many of the mall, look at how many department stores that are flagship staple stores in the last 10 years have, have gone completely out of business. 100%. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but like to Julie's point, there's a certain nostalgia there. You watch Elf now, Macy's is going out of business, which is essentially what Gimbel's was. There's just a nostalgia there for that, that type of thing. That was 2001. But there's a nostalgia there for ty- that type of thing. You but give it 10 more years, contrived. kids aren't going to know what department story is in 10, 20 years. So when they watch Elf, they're gonna not going to know. But that's, but that's not forcing something. Okay. This so, isn't you know forcing. What? It's just a... Uh, I agree. Location. I agree. You know what? You know what? Mm, no, it's 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 cheap and it's lazy. It's a film on a budget. Who thought it would be cheaper to build a mall set than actually shoot in Chicago on the streets of a city? I mean, it's a rom com. I, mean, I don't know why we're I think putting it'd be such better. high levels of I, stuff on a rom com. I agree. You know, I think we should make a movie in 2020 where, uh, for whatever reason, everybody has to go to speakeasies because alcohol is still illegal. I mean, that just it, there's a speakeasies are there. big again in in cities. Not a, they're not legitimate speakeasies. But they're not the selling you illegal booze. bars and clubs. But I'm talking. I'm awesome. talking the ones. I know I go to those, but I'm not. T- I'm talking one where you go in and Al Capone would be there shooting some guy, right? Like, <laughs> sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good time to me. I don't know what you're talking about there, Tom, but Tony will see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, oh, I forgot about Tony. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, I was gonna say. I never remember what I was gonna say. Um. I don't like vulgar movies in general, but there are some movies that have vulgarity that I, I really inexplicably very much like, like the sweetest thing with Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz. That movie makes me laugh and blush in equal proportions. So this one, I think kind of sits on that bubble a bit. Right. Um, so to your point, Julia, you want to talk about a vulgar scene, something I don't like in movies and I brought this up in regards to Adam Sandler. I brought it up last week during Shrek. It's like toilet humor. So the scene where they're rushing back to her apartment because she accidentally took a laxative. I was Literal like, toilet uh, humor. That was like bordering on too much for me because I don't like that type of humor. Yeah. But the aftermath of that scene was so sweet to me when she's in the sick. bath, sick, like looks like she's been crying, like knees to the chest and he's washing her back and comforting her. I was like, yeah. okay, that that scene made it worth it for me for that follow-up scene to see how this relationship has evolved. And I actually really yeah. liked that scene. Yeah. No, there are some feels in this movie. There's some- That scene going to the bathroom is totally a believable scene though. It, oh, man, I'm I felt not saying so bad for her. It is, I was, it is believable. I was sweating right along with her. I was like, oh, Lord. Let her not. She knows a great bad physical comedy too, as she was like going yeah. down that hallway, falling into walls. Like you could, they were <laughs> there was some sensitivity there to people with uh, bowel diseases like Crohn's okay. and IBS and and ulcerative colitis had something they can relate to in a film. So I will give you, I will give you the scene, and and what got me most about that scene there was not only was he comforting her, helping her clean up herself, 
knowing it was not a positive experience for her. He first of all waited, knowing that she just had like explosive diarrhea in the bathroom. That's a decent guy. But you notice the whole time he's looking away from her, knowing she's not dressed and vulnerable. And yeah. that sold me on him being a really, really good guy. And also, I'm glad I the movie like... didn't go for the cheap shot when she locks herself in the bathroom. They didn't do like a farting sound effect or like some. Me Absolutely. Too. There. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I like about this movie, I like that it's the guy who actualizes that he likes her and she, and it's her pushing him away instead of the other way around. Like, he's the one that's that's fawning for her which makes that last scene at the mall unbelievably hilarious that i laughed yep. so hard when she pours Jackson. her heart out to him they're chasing jackson through the through the mall and screaming his name and more people start helping and then this this christmas choir sings jackson out. he stops and looks and she just <laughs> fills her guts to him and, and confesses her feelings in front of all these people and she says, you know, will you, you know, or will we try this or will you be with me or something? You know, can we be together? And he just says, uh, nope. And turns and walks away. <laughs> and then turns around with one of the biggest, the biggest corniest grins and goes running to her. Uh, mm -hmm. It was sweet. It had, its, it had its moments. It had its moments. I won't say I hate the film. I just, it didn't do me that much. Do that much for me. Mm -hmm. So the film, so the film for our listeners, we basically meet. Emma Roberts at the top of the film. Her youngest, she's just out of a serious relationship. We don't know what happened there, but she's clearly torn up about it. And what makes it worse for her is her youngest sibling just got engaged, which, which means she's the only one left who's not married. And her mom is one of these typical moms. I only have one child. Mom, you have three children. Well, only one single. And, <laughs> and uh, that makes her feel worse. And she ends up meeting Jackson, who is also having a bad romantic time at the mall, returning Christmas gifts. And they realize they both have this uh, same sense of kind of dark, cynical personalities. Mm -hmm. And Jackson's like, you know what? Let's be each other's holidays. Sick of being the holidays alone. Every holiday will be there for each other. Spend the holiday together. It'll be more bearable. And that's basically what this film is. A year in the life of these two people starting on New Year's Eve right through next Christmas. And I kind of like that. Like I said, this is a holiday film for me and I can watch it on any holiday. I kind of like that because there are a whole year of all the holidays and they go all out for the holidays. St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, Easter, mm -hmm. Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I loved it. It made me feel I mean, all the holidays. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw down a potentially not popular opinion, but I think that's what makes this very much not a Christmas movie. Christmas is just one of many holidays that it could have been filmed at. Mm -hmm. I think Christmas was a catalyst and then the resolution. So we got two Christmases compared to one of every other holiday. And so I'm not saying, like I said, it's not a Christmas movie, but it's not not Christmas movie, in my opinion. I think that it's more Christmas than any other holiday by virtue of that alone. I could make both arguments. So over the course of this year as well, they go through, again, kind of what I said, what I liked about this. They go to becoming legitimate friends to getting a little jealous come St. Patrick's Day when she finds out, oh, he just saw another woman. And like, he goes to a wedding with her on Labor Day and she tries to make him jealous. And like, they go to, okay, this was supposed to be a platonic kind of once a month thing. And now it's real feelings are developing and they're both confused by it and the jealousy is mm -hmm. getting there. And they eventually 
what is it? Hook up Halloween, the morning after Halloween. Well, after the he learned, we learned oh, that right, after they're both pirates, right? Right. But we learned that after St. Patrick's Day, he hooked up with a waitress who got in the Uber with him. Yes. Right. And Emma Roberts apparently, without actualizing it until much later, apparently has a lot of feelings about that. Yes, she does. Again, that felt real to me too. And then at the same Halloween party, her sister hooks up with Black Panther, which is <laughs> which is Jackson's <laughs> friend who dresses up with a like a Basically, furry big black Panther cat costume. costume. Like you're, it's a type of thing you'd see at Disney World, like the complete head and like furry body yeah. and everything. And he calls he's himself, the, yeah, he calls himself the Black Panther. And he's like, look, nothing like Black Panther. It's my own interpretation, Jackson. I'm going for my own thing. And then uh, <laughs> Flo's hot sister, who's also taken, shows up to this Halloween party and walks away. And Neil is like. Black Panther's going on the prowl and he puts the mask back on and starts dancing out of the Halloween crowd. It's really funny. So Sloan and Jackson go back to without the Black Panther bit or the infidelity? No, I could have done without the infidelity. Again, Julie and Tom coming in with a hard anti-infidelity stance. I know it's not popular among everybody. I'm not not saying I condone infidelity. What I'm saying is... Infidelity happens in real life, sadly. And it seemed like the type... Anyway, it didn't bother me in this film. It never bothers you, Anthony. Sarah, <laughs> you if you're listening, me. you might be concerned. I would be. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they hook up, and the next morning, her sister comes beating on the door to tell her that she made out with the Black Panther. Black Panther. And Jackson goes to leave and she doesn't stop him. And it's very obvious he's trying to get her to invite him to stay. That- oh, because this is after the incident where she took the laxative, he cleaned her up and they spent the night together. And in the morning they had sex for the first time. They, you know, were intimate for the first time. I was happy. I was happy when she said, oh, I don't like when people kiss in the morning. Oh, me either. I loved that too. Like that. I liked when she said that. And then they ended up making out. And I'm like, oh, morning breath make out. That just sounds disgusting. Uh, So when me and Sarah first spent the night together, she actually got up in the morning and brushed her teeth before I woke up. And now I'm like, why don't you do that anymore? Oh. (laughs) The same could be asked of you. Why don't you do that anymore, Anthony? Go buy yourself something pretty. (laughs) Buy yourself something pretty. Oh, I remember the first time we did, uh, Christine had her first big uh, wholesale sale for a chain of stores in, uh, in California. We were, we were celebrating or something and she was counting cash from, from the end of a show that she had done. And she threw a 20 at me and said, hey, here you go, darling, go buy yourself something pretty. And I, <laughs> that still makes me laugh all these years later. Uh, so he leaves, he's upset, goes and talks to Black Panther. He's, he's upset because she didn't really ask him to stay because clearly Sloan is having... She Sloan was happy her sister came showed up because she's clearly confused about how this holiday just turned right into a real emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And she she doesn't mean to hurt him. She she just kind of wanted to slow things down so she has time to think. But he takes it the absolute worst way and leaves. Well, because and she says on her way out, right after they hook up, she says, "See you Thanksgiving." See you Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. She she messed up, but. You know, you expect that. It's funny because five minutes before this happened, 
I'm sitting there with Sarah watching this. I'm like, I'm waiting for the inevitable misunderstanding fight before the end holiday get together scene. And then it sure. happened. I was like, yep. Sure. There it is. Which I'll say, by the way, this is the first movie in a while Sarah actually sat down to watch in full with me. She really liked. Oh, nice. Uh, so I didn't realize this was on our calendar because I hadn't checked until this morning. And Christine and I decided to watch a movie last night and we watched this one. Oh, what did Christine think of it? Uh, she thought it was just too generic of a movie. She's like, this is just like every other Hallmark movie, but with cussing. Curse words. Yeah. So Thanksgiving happened. She. Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole thing time too. Her mom keeps her mom's throwing some shade to Jackson and accuses him of wasting her daughter's time throughout the whole year, not yes. knowing this this romance is blossoming. And Thanksgiving, she does. She thinks he's going to show up. Everything's going wrong. Just as she's leaving to go get the, they burn the turkey, of course, because you know that's a trope that we have to have in all of these movies, even though I have never burned a turkey in my life or been at a home where a turkey has been burnt. Uh, it's still a trope that keeps coming up. And so Sloan is leaving to go to the store to pick up a bunch of stuff that they need, including a pie. And Jackson shows up at the door and he's just about to knock when Sloan tears it open to leave. Sloan, oh, we also forgot to talk all about the time Sloan blew off his finger. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we've, we've, we've totally ignored the, the whole the whole, we totally ignored the whole plot line with the doctor too, right? Her mom wants him to ho- her to hook up with the doctor who ends up falling for the aunt um, as a holiday. And then she ditches him uh, when Sloan is doing fireworks for the 4th of July, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's holding M80s and then throwing them. So you immediately know somebody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, her brother comes running and says they have to take him to the hospital that his finger blew off. And then you have everybody in a comedy of errors looking for his finger. They find and of course it. it's his It's my FU finger. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the hot. They're driving to the hospital. Sloan can't deal with what they're what they're what they're what's happening and gets she really can't upset. See blood. She, she, can't she passes blood. out with blood and she doesn't even know to drive. And by the way, this she, would be Sarah if I lost a finger. She passes out to say blood. She the hospital is literally half a mile up the street. She would rather me pay a thousand bucks for an ambulance than drive me to a hospital if I blew something off because she can't stand the sight of blood. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why he didn't drive himself. He was losing a lot of blood. Did you see how pale he was? Uh, she's a terrible driver. Why did they let her drive? She smashed well, because- into a car. With yeah. everybody watching. Well, she's drunk, people. right? Or high? They're, they're all drunk. I don't I think, think she's drunk. high anymore. One couldn't go because she was high. One couldn't go because they were drunk. So the husband couldn't drive because the the, the holiday of the aunt was untrustworthy. And so, he didn't want I mean, to of course, there. she has to drive him. Of course, We she knew did. she would have to drive him, it's, right? That's the movie. It's this injury that precipitates the feelings. So yeah, he gets there it's, and it's, in the car, she tells him to put his finger in the in the glove box so she doesn't have to look at it <laughs> which was funny um and then he finds a joint and for whatever reason they decided to just start smoking weed in the middle of the hospital yeah pretty sure he would have gotten in a lot of trouble for that one but this ends in such a sweet way when she takes him home hopped up on medication she filled his prescription she called his mom which you don't know he actually even knows his family or anything but she knew enough to pick up his cell phone leave a message for his mom saying she should call her son like it was a Mm. very sweet moment you could tell she didn't want to leave him alone in his apartment and he didn't want her to go but of course you need that longing in this movie for these two yeah and of course farouk is the doctor there 
and he was called in on the 4th of July to reattach a toe. And I, the, the funny, the funny lines, all of the references to the finger, uh, wait, I know this nurse. I just can't put my finger on it. Like (laughs) (laughs) how funny they think they are where they're making all these finger jokes. And then (laughs) Farouk is leaving. She's like, it's fine. He'll be able to reattach it. He'll be able to reattach it. And Farouk, the doctor turns around and says, fingers crossed and they deadpan him they both deadpan (laughs) i cracked up and told christine that's the doctor i want reattaching my finger right there the one i can still find humor in it but then we have later thanksgiving we're back to thanksgiving they go in the car and they're shopping at sprouts i don't know if y'all noticed the grocery store was sprouts i loved that i was like oh my gosh it's a sprouts oh y'all have sprouts up there no it's like a, a less expensive whole foods Less oh, pretentious okay, cool. Whole Foods. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm slumming it when I go to Sprout. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had to make a, bo- a bougie joke. I love Sprouts. It's my favorite. They do a thing where you can get uh, 10% off of gift cards every year. You can buy like a $100 gift card for 90 bucks. Dude. And so we usually buy like $3,000 for the whole for all of our groceries for the year. Yeah, last year. 300 bucks. But this year we can't go to Sprouts. So we have a bunch of gift cards sitting around and we're still buying groceries. <laughs> but anyway. So they're at Sprouts and they end up having this huge fight because he gets upset that she let him leave. And he just calls her on everything. He's like, you refuse to open up. You refuse, you know, you're going to be sad and lonely forever because you're not willing to, you know, mm-hmm. take a chance on love. And he's right. He's 100% right. right. And he leaves her there and she goes home. And, and then she, whole... she takes out her anger on her family and blows that her well, sister made. That when they get there, else. when they get there, when they get there, they're all blaming her. They're like, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? It has to be her fault. Yeah. Jackson's gone. Right. But she doesn't want to accept that. And then instead she ends up telling that her sister made out with Black Panther. Yep. So while I don't like the infidelity, I do like seeing that their relationship turns around at the end because mm-hmm. I mean, you get, yeah, when you have kids, you get lost in that whole thing. And you do. Each other. So it was nice. And that's what she that. said. Well, I like the point at which they came together and had a real conversation where she's like, you don't even rem- like basically think you don't even remember I'm around. You're just in dad mode all the time. And mm-hmm. it was and they turned around. It was sweet. I'm glad they they reconciled the way they did. I'm glad we didn't have like a haunting of Hill House thing where everybody ended up dead as a result of their of this happening. I'm sorry. Not everybody ends up dead. Well, both seasons had infidelity. No, so. I was talking. I was talking Hill House, where, where her sister tried to make out with, with the sister tried to make out with the husband, and the the other sister wouldn't listen, but she really had had an affair. Uh, I thought you were talking about Blind Manor, where the mom cheated with Uncle Henry, and oh yeah, it's hard to keep track of all the infidelity that Anthony's okay with. I just lose track. I was fine with that one because I loved Uncle Henry in the end, just saying. But he might have been better the whole time had he not had the guilt complex. Uh, I loved that he got his dance with Flora in the end, especially because in the flashback, the brother says, she's my daughter. You won't even dance with her at the wedding. And he got his dance with her at the end. And it made me so sweet. It was so, I loved it. He's not the, the dad is not the one who is the genetics behind Oh no! I 100%. I 100% agree with that. 100%. The dad, the dad you, was 100% right. No, no, 100% right. I just the like Uncle Henry's character. Uncle Henry's character, and he's glad he got a dance at the Earth wedding. So I'm, a, I'm 100% and, with with you. Like it doesn't matter if you're the biological parent. That doesn't make you a mom or a dad. 100%. Yeah. Then wonders your dad, who is for whatever reason here with Kristen Chenoweth, falls over and dies or has a heart attack, and Sloane. This was Wonder Year's dad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Oh my God! I didn't even. 
recognize him. Now, if you go back and watch it, you're going to see it. I can't believe how little he's aged. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he has a heart attack and they have to make Kristen Chenoweth go to the hospital with him. And when she's there, she realizes how much she screwed up and how she loves Farouk as well. And they have their little moment. And I think we see some cracking at this point, right? From Sloan. She sees that this holiday and all of these ideas that she had built up that she could make work are just kind of crap. Her aunt was wrong. And it's here where we really see the big turning point, right? In her yep, character absolutely. development. Yep. Because and then we have Christmas. Into her aunt. And then we have Christmas and everybody comes together again and they all fall in love and they live happily ever after. And the way they show that is by pictures of them together throughout the next year, which was cute. The end. Yes. I find it really kind of cool the way they made the Linus moment. Sloane's Linus moment was her aunt's Linus moment, which was kind of neat. I think that's the first time we've seen a one a person's Linus, Linus moment precipitate mm-hmm. somebody else's, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So all the holiday content from the Christmas stuff to the Thanksgiving stuff, St. Patrick's Day. I loved how all out they went for all these holidays. It made me mm-hmm. feel like it was it was fall, it was winter, it was St. Patrick's Day, it was Cinco de Mayo. Like all the holiday stuff was on point, on brand. It gave me those holiday feelings. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to your point, Joey, the mall stuff, especially with Christmas with the tree and the choir and Santa, yeah. made me feel so nostalgic. Yeah, it did me too. Oh, it totally made me feel nostalgic for Christmas 2019 when all of those things could be a thing. You know what I mean, though? Like, there yeah. aren't going to be choral productions this year. Santa's going to be behind plexiglass. If he's there at all. If he's there at all. They're they're building, like, uh, a lot of the, the Santa Village places are building plexiglass so people can still come. I know, I know, but some of them, like Macy's in the city, the Santa is not going to be there. Oh, they canceled him? They did. First time in 159 years. Like I said, I don't really consider this a Christmas movie. I might consider the TV version of it or something less offensive. Maybe, you know, around other holidays, it would be a fun. I think it would be a fun, you know, Arbor Day party movie. They didn't do Arbor Day. That's like the one holiday they didn't do, Tom. Yeah, I feel like super gypped by that. I did I like there's the not reference. traditionally alcohol involved in that holiday, and therefore they deemed it not worth doing. I did like him talking about getting trained to a tree for Earth Day. I like the whole Ryan Gosling running gag. <laughs> they kept bringing Ryan Gosling up. Where Emma Roberts said if Ryan Gosling came in and tried to do the dirty dancing with her, she would go for it and give it all in. And this comes up in their fight later on, right? Is like they turn this Sprout joke fight. and make it serious where he says to her, you wouldn't go all into Ryan Gosling. You'd look for an excuse to not put yourself on the line like that, even with him. Like, and he's I right. was like yeah, it was. And I really yeah. like that they managed to turn this cute little joke between the two of them that went through all the months and made it into yeah. a serious part of their fight. I really like that how they did that. Yeah. You know what else I liked is, and Tom, you sort of talked about it earlier about what a good guy he was. Well, she's like a really good person too. So I like the very beginning of their relationship where she's got that smoking hot dress on. She goes in the bathroom and that one girl who's going to get proposed to has the wine stains. And so she switches dresses with her. Um, the way that they graciously saved their her new sister-in-law when her and her dad were dancing to I'll Make Love to You. And both of them <laughs> chimed in together and were like, we need to help. You know, this is going to look bad on the video. <laughs> Try and help the situation. That was, like, no, that was sweet. I was falling asleep last night. I was laying there falling asleep and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm 
there's still this part of my brain hearing it and they're like and now the dad the dad daughter dads and i hear i'll make love to you boys to men and i immediately pop up and i'm cracking up and i'm wide awake <laughs> to finish the movie. <laughs> it just reminded me of uh of arrested development oh yeah so um when when, afternoon when delight, george Sky, michael and, yep. and Lindsay sing afternoon delight <laughs> And then Michael and oh, maybe you're singing it too. Oh man, we have to answer, get those Christmas up. episodes on the list next year. Let's do it. We Julia, we need to suck her into Arrested Development. We really, at the first three seasons, and only the first three seasons. The the, the canonical, <laughs> the canonical Arrested Development. So I think we probably hit most favorite scenes, right? I did like the dirty dancing scene where he lifts her up, her dress. Nobody fits. puts baby in the corner. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, and her boobs nobody hits, fall out. <laughs> nobody. And he, I love that. She drops and lands on him, <laughs> yeah. and he says, and, and that just goes to show what a decent guy he is. Her boobs fall out instead of like being a perv over it. He gets so freaked out he drops her like I, I yeah he does, well when he and... comes and he goes to the bathroom and he comes out of the bathroom and he's missed the ball drop and he kisses her on the cheek that was sweet that was very sweet yeah but her line nobody drops baby on her head <laughs> <laughs> that was good times good times but i think that's it for me, me yeah too. that covers all my big ones there so we talked yes linus moment we're a little torn on whether it's a christmas movie anthony's saying it's a generic holiday all-encompassing movie which i would agree with him but again arbor day is left out and flag day and if you don't have those days it's not real holidays and election day and election day uh, that's this not a movie... holiday in america duh <laughs> <laughs> uh this movie feels most watchable and relevant to me at christmas time hmm. so it could be viewed any time of the year but i feel like i will get the most feels from it at christmas because it's bookended I agree with that. But like I said, I'll probably add think... it to my, all my holiday can just for something to watch. I don't think I would waste my Christmas viewing time to watch this movie, though. There are too many other good movies I'd rather watch. I mean, rather than watching the same Hallmark movie over and over and the same five Christmas movies on Freeform over and over, I could see adding this to my rotation. I think this is going into my rotation. Like yeah, I said, I, I love to. I don't do that. I am going to come in between, I don't like this as much as I like Christmas Prince 2, The Royal Wedding, but I do like it more than I liked last Christmas. So I'm going to come in at a 3.5. I'm going to come in at a 5.7. I am coming in at 8.7. An 8.7? And that gives us an wow. average of 5.967. Which puts us in tier three, hallmarkably average, at number 36 on our list between The Family Man and BBC slash Epics' A Christmas Carol. Okay, that seems like the right category, given where we are all standing. Yep, I agree with that. So, like I said, Kendall nailed where we'd all stand on this movie. She really did. But it is, um, judging from the comments we receive about this movie, most of our listeners seem to really enjoy it. Yep. So uh, Alonzo Duraldi said, I dug it. Others didn't. Kendall watched it for a second time already. Matt Yurch, aka Gary Blauman, said, I really enjoyed this. So it's a bit different than I was expecting, but I liked it. Uh, Christine Mark. Hey, Christine. She's my cousin. She wrote, it's been my background movie this past week, at least twice. I didn't hate it, and I really, really expected to. McLean Slaughter wrote, that was not at all what I was expecting, but I really enjoyed it. Rachel Mike wrote, I've been trying to finish this movie, but I'm only about halfway through. So far, it seems like a modern holiday rom-com with a broken amount of classic corniness. And then Stacey McKenzie wrote, my husband didn't make more than 10 minutes. 
So overall, though, it seems like very positive feedback from our listeners. So I'm excited to see what more listeners think next week when this episode drops. They can let us know on any of our social medias with a quick handy link to thepodcast.com backslash Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group, Reddit, pick your poison and come and tell us what you think. I'm especially interested to see what people think about this one. And I think it's funny that more often than not, our comments are not what I was expecting, but dot, dot, dot. I don't know. We're not surprised by movies very often anymore. I don't feel like. Um, So kind of nice that we've got some surprises in this one. Well, I think for this one, the trailer made it seem less raunchy and vulgar than it was. I think that's what people were expecting. That's what I was expecting. Um, More Hallmark. More Hallmark, less vulgarity, but the vulgarity worked for me and the raunchiness worked for me. If you want extra content, you can visit us on Patreon. Tisapodcast.com backslash Patreon. We refer as little as a dollar a month. You can get bonus episodes. There's a whole month of Halloween stuff in your backlog now, which you can view. There's uh, an episode with Craig Brewer which for election day uh, we have a bunch of Thanksgiving stuff coming up. Hopefully this month we can get our first review of the long Halloween up and cover October, November together. Since we missed out in October, uh, you'll have stuff for Christmas. Lots of good stuff coming up, including Christmas cards for certain patrons, depending on your amount level. Uh, so I also want to give a shout out, by the way, because you know how I'm such a huge fan of the book series, The Dresden Files by yes. Jim Butcher yeah. about the wizard Harry in Chicago. It's really good. He had two books coming, installments coming out this year. The most recent one in September called Battlegrounds. But at the end of that one, he included a little Dresden Files standalone short story called Christmas Eve. And it's like six pages and it takes place on Christmas Eve. And it's amazing and magical. And I kind of feel like we should do a reading of it for Patreon or something because it's awesome and very Ooh. funny. And yeah, so I'm just throwing that out there that we should do that. I'm game. I can dig it. You know, I never want to become one of these podcasts where, you know, storytelling becomes our predominant thing because I just find that so lazy and uninspired, guys. Although, speaking of storytelling, so next year we have an additional way of counting down until Christmas. If you want to possibly be involved with that, reach out to us because I would love your help with that. I have a new podcast coming out this month with another Christmas podcast host. Regarding what? Be on the lookout. So I'm very excited about next week's episode because we are covering one of my favorite movies I watch at Christmas from time to time. 1998's Michael Keaton's spectacular Jack Frost. Not to be confused with the Jack Frost we've covered previously, which was a terrible horror flick. This one is not a horror flick. Well, I don't know. Some of those, have you seen that movie recently? Some of those effects do not hold up. I was going to say those those <laughs> effects of him, of, of dad as Jack Frost, do not translate well. I'm sorry, he is a precious snowman and nobody can convince me otherwise. I'm excited for that one too, though. I have a lot of history with that one. So I'm, ex- I, I'm excited to see what I think about it when watching it with the critical eye for the show. Yes. Always excited and terrified of that at the same time. The week after that, I'm also excited for too, by the way. What are we doing that week? Netflix's 2020 original film, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. The musical star, Forrest Whitaker. Oh. Okay. Well, then I want to at least announce something. So I'm going to throw out that the following week, we are doing the Christmas Chronicles Two, 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 two. I'm excited. Sorry, Kurt, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn both are billed as the stars of this one. And the week after that, we're doing Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. And the week after that, Happiest Season. So a lot of like 2020 original content coming up. So I'm excited about new stuff. And, and our- Anthony's favorite movie, favorite Christmas movie, Just in Time for Christmas, 
four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. I'm excited if Netflix and Hulu have so much stuff coming out this year because remember we were worried about, oh, the November and December has so little like marquee content. So I feel like when we're working on the schedule for next year, we should kind of leave November and December blanks and so much new stuff comes that ends up coming out. Mm-hmm. Almost like excited. a shared experience when we do yeah. these new things. It really is. And we know they're relevant and trending, which helps our listen. You know what else has me excited, guys? They're only what has you excited, Anthony Thomas Caruso? There are only 1,128 hours until Christmas. Next year, we are under 1,000 hours. Next week, Yay. we are under 1,000 hours. That's only 54 days, y'all. That's only six weeks. 47 days, y'all. Six weeks. Man, y'all, everyone better start their shopping and decorating if you haven't already. If you yeah. want Insta Karma when decorating, just post a picture of your tree on Halloween night in the Christmas subreddit. If you get like 700 something upvotes, and it's amazing for the karma. So, dang. I'm working hard for karma on that one. I posted a picture on the Christmas subreddit of the inside of a 1960s traveling Christmas light salesman's case that he would carry. It's really cool. So do your homework, y'all. Watch Julia's beloved Jack Frost. Hopefully we've all had an excellent, 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 happy, hopeful week by the time this drops. And we're all ecstatic when we're covering the next week's episode. And that will just make the conversation even more better than it normally would be. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.